I just like when they tell me that stuff, I'm like, you know, forget about, you know, cranial shapes. My brain is just smooth as shit. I'm not going to understand any of this. And then <laughs> and, and that's why you wear the beanie just to show mm -hmm. like it's all it's all smooth. It's all smooth. It's smooth as hell. Speak of being smooth, welcome to the Chompcast. Uh, thank you for being Holy here. Holy shit, you got us. <laughs> um, we're going to talk about some video games today. Uh, it's been a minute. Uh, we didn't record last month. We were just kind of, I don't know, we didn't really talk about recording last month, so I feel felt like we needed a small break from it. But we're back this week to talk about some video games. We have some actual content to talk about. But before we do that, let me introduce you very briefly to the voices you'll be hearing today. First, we have Mr., Mrs., They, He, My, Our, Our as in everyone's, Josh. Josh is here with us today. Josh, how you doing today? All right. Doing, doing, doing all right. I'm... The day has come back around. We, we didn't start off too great. I was exhausted this morning because my dog was sick last night <coughs> and like something going on with the stomach and so he was up every five minutes needing to go outside which I'd prefer over him not waking me up and then shitting everywhere for me to find in the morning but I didn't get a lot of sleep but and then it got, turned out got, you got, just got a decent nap yeah I got a decent nap and I'm feeling feeling all right now mm. Did your dog need a snickers not a sponsor yeah it might may have helped Mm. I'll I'll have to give him a Snickers next time he. <laughs> you heard it here, folks. Chompcast recommends I Snickers my for all Snickers. your all your canine needs. <laughs> yeah, that's what you listen to the video game podcast for. Is uh, should we should your, we really put a bow on game. this and and please don't give your dogs chocolate. This this. I thought you were gonna. There's, say, there's gonna be one. The on there's going to be one right now and feed him a Snickers. Yeah. <laughs> can can also dogs have a allergy? That's a good question. I mean, Too if they Google. survive the chocolate. I know. I, 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 no, I know the chocolate. I mean, let's be honest. American milk chocolate is barely chocolate. Yeah. I don't know. I don't know about. Nut allergies and dogs. It just doesn't. Canines who develop often. allergies to do to food such as nuts can experience itchy and swollen skin that can be quite uncomfortable. Hmm. I I would feel like the nut thing would almost be worse than American milk chocolate just because of how processed it is. Possibly. However, uh, macadamia nuts, black walnuts, old and moldy walnuts. <laughs> Are very very toxic. It's my to favorite dogs. radio station, the uh, the old moldy walnuts. By the I way, like I like that. That's like I, a I, contemporary like guys in their sixties who used to have an indie pop band uh -huh. decided to get back together and make the some new moldies. music. Old but and moldy walnuts. The Pixies walnuts. But by the way, I love the idea of um real time fact checking now on the Chompcast. <laughs> Oh, it's always been there. It's always been there. It's just like whenever we have a reason to do it. But yeah, you know, speaking of oldie and moldy walnuts, we also have Mr. Ray here with us today. Who's <laughs> <laughs> so accurate. I hate it. <laughs> 
I hate it how accurate it is. Yeah. Sorry. Fuck, fuck you how accurate it is. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, no, but how you doing, buddy? I'm good. I mean, you know, something I told you guys something stupid before. I'll share it. You know, I don't <laughs> share my actual, you know, I don't know if it's common knowledge for this website. McGill is not my actual last name. I don't share it, but um, because I'm a teacher, but I've shared that. So today I got a cream pie shoved into my face by a student. <laughs> As, um, a resu- you, as a result, you, uh, mm. yeah, I, I, I teach on OnlyFans. No, actually, no, as not as something as Fox News report. Oh. No, it's a paper plate with canned whipped cream mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. pushed into my face as I was shake, setting into a chair on the there stage. Um, because the eighth graders at the school I teach at did some sort of Olympics competition where they did some stupid shit where like um imagine putting like you know Nilla wafers yeah. I do they had a, like one of the events for instance they had to put it on their forehead while putting their head back and then imagining to eat it without touching it mm-hmm. okay so they had to like slowly slide it down their face Yes, exactly. It was a it was a series of events like that today pre US Thanksgiving, which by the way, we haven't brought up yet to to I'm assuming we have mostly United States listeners. Happy Thanksgiving tomorrow as we're recording, because we're recording on the Wednesday before. Mm. To those in general. Mm. If you don't celebrate Thanksgiving. Yeah. Go find a boring ass bird to eat, cause that's what we do. <laughs> yeah, or as um, or or slaughter the indigenous people as our ancestors did. Mm-hmm. As we exactly, or as we ate. That's catching this time of year. I mean, slaughtering itself, fetch. Slaughtering indigenous peoples this time of year seems especially in vogue. Mm-hmm. To sp- Depending on your point of view, it's ooh, a little raw. Ooh, ah. uh, speaking little fun, of raw, little fun how fact. How did that though, cream pie taste? Um, I more <laughs> smelled. I more smelled it. <laughs> I told that's, hey, that's, that's I mistake. announced at the beginning of this but, show. Yeah, smooth was going to be the name of the game of this intro, and I'm nailing it so far. Yeah, I'm. Uh, I'm. T- I'm telling you right now, the worst part about having a um, three Stooges style pie shoved into your face is the whipped cream that goes up your nose. Uh-huh. Yeah, that would suck. Uh-huh. I feel like I would put some kind of like tissue in there. So I wasn't. Like... I wasn't ready for it. Like, oh. they thanked me for being a good sport, and it smelled like um, bad dairy was going up my uh-huh. nose for about. A good couple hours after, Ugh. even after so, I showered. Yeah. Seldom people who are on the receiving ends of cream pies are as prepared as they think they would be. <laughs> yeah. As prepared yeah. for cream pies, as all those on OnlyFans and yes. Pornhub. <laughs> mm. You know, like speaking I'm of now, kind of, I'm in a rarefied air like Mia Khalifa. Hey, there you go. 
you know, like we were talking about before the show about like astrology stuff. So I'm going to pull back the curtain real quick because curiosity got the best of me. So there's the sun and moon and rising signs, right? The sun sign represents your ego and motivations. The moon governs your emotional nature. And the ascendant or rising sign speaks to the energy that we put into the world. So for those of you like me who have been curious, just ever so slightly, as people say that their their astrology sign is blank sun, then they have blank moon and blank rising, you now understand 2% more than you previously did. I normally... No, it's okay. Go for it. Don't. Don't, don't let yourself stop yourself. Yeah, yeah. No, I really shouldn't, because I'm I am more of a self-rising sort of a guy. It's, you know. <laughs> a, I'm more of a sort of a I self-starter. Don't what the fuck you just said? I have no clue. Um. Okay, I'll read it again. Uh, yeah, as, no, as, as our, I'm not saying as I didn't read it again. I'm saying I didn't. I don't get it. <laughs> The sun sign represents our ego and motivations. I love how two of those were the same thing, but, like, don't pay attention to that. Pretend. The moon governs our emotional nature. And the ascendant, or rising sign, speaks to the energy that we put into the world. Speaking of putting energy into the world, hi, I'm Shay. I'm your host. Uh, today we're going to be talking about video games, I swear to my rising sign or whatever. I'm not going to swear to anything else today. Whatever my rising sign is, that's what I'm swearing to. Uh, we're going to talk about video games. We have actually played some video games, people of the world, and I'm actually very, very excited. I've been... This is the most excited, I, I have to admit, that I've been towards like podcasting all year. Because I actually yeah. have stuff I want to talk about. Not that it has anything to do with you guys. Phone it in until that November. That's the way to do it. It's no, yeah, it's no fat November. Because <laughs> clearly I follow that trend, so I've been playing video games. I am so glad that I've not heard anyone mention that so far this month it, that that seems to have died right for the most part because that used right. to be so annoying this I think for, like, for an this entire November month been very, this november has been very weird for video games in general yeah and also like i don't know about you guys but for me i think subconsciously i'm like oh it's november 1st time to go fap <laughs> I just like specifically subconsciously I'm like well you know I'm gonna yep. pour one out for all my fallen brethren who are gonna yep. attempt this uh, stupid ass challenge it's true it's true it's more like it dribbles out than it falls out but uh, it's like yeah yeah you are getting to that age yeah oh god you made an eerily accurate sound <laughs> <laughs> I hope that picked up well. <laughs> if it did not, just think of like an eight-year-old lady running and her ass cheeks clapping. <laughs> no, I just I just heard it. I was like, Jesus Christ! That that 
That that deserves to be heard by the masses. <laughs> yes, all of our massive amount of listeners. Shay's effort deserves to be heard. Oh. Only you could tell the single women of Japan that. But anyways, let's get into some... I would like to announce at the start of my new dating website in Japan, Shay's Single Women. That's right. JP. That's right. Oh, man. Let's talk about some video games. So if you guys don't mind, I'm going to be selfish, and I'm going to talk about a game first. Because it's a game that I've been waiting for for years. How fucking dare you? Go ahead. Thank Thank you. No, so I I did something a few years back that I had never done before and I haven't done since. I backed a game on Kickstarter. Uh, I saw it. There's kind of like a, I don't know if you'd call it an advertisement, but some people on Twitter years ago, back when I was more into it, were talking about this game called Small Saga, um, where basically you play as a mouse who is navigating like the human world as a mouse and it's an old style RPG JRPG. Uh, the art style was absolutely adorable. And basically you play as a knife wielding a pocket knife, a mouse wielding a pocket knife, excuse me, a mouse wielding a pocket knife. And I was like, okay, I'm into that. That sounds cute as fuck. I went and checked out the uh, Kickstarter and absolutely adorable. So I was like, okay, I'll back that. And, you know, you if you back a Kickstarter, usually you get updates from the creator kind of telling you where they're at and whatnot. And this game was actually supposed to come out much earlier, but it kept getting delayed by the creator, uh, Daria Nogani, because they were, you know, trying to perfect the game and whatnot. And it finally drops. Uh, this past week it dropped on friday for me and i booted it up didn't really know what to expect you know i've never backed anything on kickstarter and i was absolutely and pleasantly surprised with the quality of the game from from the get go not that i was thinking that it was going to be a bad game by any stretch you know all the updates showed showed that it was going to be a great game but at the same time my experience had never been to back anything like that. And right off the bat, the game is absolutely gorgeous. The style, I really like the style. You you get into the prologue. I'm going to talk a little bit about the prologue because it kind of like jumpstarts the whole story of the game, which the story of the game is the most important part of the game, obviously it being a JRPG. But basically... You're walking around with your older brother. You're playing as um, this mouse, like I told you, who wields a pocket knife. Your older brother is kind of like your guide in life, and you guys are walking around, kind of getting into a little bit of mischief. You get into a fight in these sewers. And you've been tasked by your village to go get some some seeds from this grocery store. So you pop, you go through, you go through the... Uh, the the sewer slash tunnels get up to the grocery store you grab some seeds and unbeknownst to you and your brother the 
grocery stores being fumigated for pests. And so it's like framed as, oh, there's this really toxic gas in here as they're grabbing the seeds and they're dragging the seeds back to the, to the grate. And then they start to hear like this loud booming noise um, of footsteps and it shakes the whole screen. And basically as they're trying to run away, the character you play as uh, his tail gets trapped in a mousetrap. So the older brother has to basically try and protect you and he gets crushed by a human in a yellow hazmat suit. Oh no. You as the, and he dies, of course. You as the main character cut off your tail to escape. And then you are thrust to sometime in the future. Um, I'm not going to say years into the future because Ro- Rodent's life is different than ours. And you basically play as him. He's the main protagonist. And that's kind of like the, the, the basis of the game. And his whole mission is to kill the quote-unquote yellow god. Because humans are looked at as quote-unquote gods by rodents. And that's his mission. And that's, that's kind of the point of the game is you as a main character are going to find the yellow god to kill him. Not even kidding. That got kind of fucking deep at the end. <laughs> yeah. So like, it, it like you go the, through the this whole game, conceit not- of killing God in a JRPG somehow is much funnier when we're the God. Right, exactly. And I have to ask, was it like, when they say like in the future, was it like near future? Or was it like when they say like 20XX where like you can't tell the year? It's no, 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 no. It's, it takes place in like 2023. Um, okay. essentially the, 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 the future meaning that like he's a, a, in, in essence, a child in the prologue and now he's an adult mouse. So it doesn't like, Basically, because like a mouse's life is only like one to two years, especially in the wild. What happens is like this happens in the spring, the prologue, and then it's summer. So at that point, he's fully grown. But yeah, you don't know how how long that technically is. You're just kind of given a brief. So the 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 vengeance story is like really a quick turnaround. Yeah, for sure, for sure. Yeah, for for like. For us, but for you know a rodent's life. Uh, I'm saying I dig I dig that. Like that yeah. that is pretty fucking cool actually. Yeah, it's it's a really like basic but cool story. And what's really cool about it is um you know the characters that you meet in the game, which are very, very, very well written. Um also in in terms of that, excuse me for just a second. <clears throat> in terms of that you can tell where a lot of influences come in because the main character has he has qualities of some of the most well-known Final Fantasy characters. His, sw- his little uh, pocket knife just screams Cloud Strife's giant cloud, bl- cloud Buster Blade. Uh, his personality at times is the most angsty of moments of Squall Lionheart in Final Fantasy VIII. But it goes beyond those elements, and it becomes its own thing, right? You, you can see the, where the inspiration is, but it also builds upon itself there as well. There are some elements in the story in both 
characters that you can clearly tell were inspired by Final Fantasy games and some of the most popular ones, which is absolutely nothing wrong with that. Like I like it's a it's it's a it's common knowledge that a, a lot of media, whether it's music, whether it's video games, whether it's movies, they are inspired by their predecessors and how they interpolate those things to make them their own is always what's important. And it, as long as it stands yeah. far enough away from the source material, I'm me personally, I'm always okay with it. So there are story beats and characters that are clearly inspired by classic JRPGs. What's really cool is each character because this is not revealing like a spoiler you you will be able to use four main characters and that's it in in your battle and you will meet them in different ways they are each from a different part of europe so like there's a scottish character there's an irish character there's a presumably welsh character and um it's it's always funny when those uh those you know scottishisms or irishisms kind of come out in the game uh it's really cute and it's adorable one of the things i really like about the game and this is clearly inspired by the creator is that it explores (coughs) excuse me sorry i'm a little sick so if i cough here and there i apologize It, it clearly explores um characters of different how do I say? Um, what would be the, what would be the correct word for that? Basically, how they identify, more or less. So there are different characters on different parts of hmm. the LGBTQ spectrum. I would say. Um, I don't know if that's the right word. I apologize if it's not. Where it's not it's not obviously it doesn't become the main part of the story, but it's a feature, right? It, it's it's really cool that. Um, there, there are some care like pretty much every main character there is a different part of the spectrum. You know, like th- this is a very minor spoiler, but the main character is at one point asked about their, their, um, how they identify essentially. And the main character is like, I don't know. I've never really thought about it because I've been so single mind focused on what I'm doing that I don't really think about that. And I've never, wanted to think about that and to me that spoke to like that character's probably identifying as asexual not for sure um probably probably identifies as ace right and each character is different in there and i think that speaks to the creator because the creator actually came out upon the release of the game the the character um you know originally and hopefully this is not seen as dead naming. Originally was uh, Jeremy, and then the the day the game released came out as Daria. So uh, that I I I firmly believe, obviously, the creator was the one who created the story. But the inspiration was probably from the character's own journey of figuring out their identity and who they are. And it's cool that it's yeah. kind of interwoven into the game. And that that part was enjoyable for me as well. But the one uh the one knock i have against the game and it's a minor knock is that the combat never feels truly difficult um even even as you get to some of the like final battles in the game it never felt like 
any of my characters were at risk for just getting decimated. Hmm. So there's a certain sense of urgency with one or two battles in the game, but the rest of them feel like they're always within reach and they're never close to being out of reach. That, that would be my one knock against the game. And I would, I say knock kind of with a grain of salt because the story is the focal point of the game. The, the battle is there. The battle is like to tick those nostalgic boxes, but it's mainly for the story. Yeah. And, the, the the other nice thing about that is the bat the battle system not being too difficult. You don't ever need to grind. Every battle that's in there is is exactly the the number that needs to be there in essence. Um, okay. Yeah. So for some people, they're gonna feel like, well, that's a shame. I really like the battle system. I would like more of that in there. And then other gonna, people are gonna be like, you know, this is a tight five to six hour package. The, the battle system and battling never overstays its welcome. Um, it serves as a vessel to propel the story forward, and they're going to like that. You know, I, I can understand yeah. both sides of the equation in terms of that. Yeah. Yeah. Hmm. So, um, the music is really, really good, and um, I, was, I was reading about it, after I finished the game, um, because I, I was kind of curious about it, that there's there's a battle towards the end of the game, where uh, basically you're you're it's a very epic fight, and you the the music is playing, and there is, um, there's some A- Adam Curtis. Uh, reading kind of a like social commentary within the battle and I I was like this is really interesting I would have I've never seen anything quite like this and um, for those of you who are unfamiliar with what I'm talking about you can look it up on YouTube the Adam Curtis uh, kind of uh, speech on, on social commentary but it was used in a battle and I'd never heard of or seen anything quite like that which was pretty cool but all in all, I think the game, honestly, it's a, it's a, right now it's on, at the time of recording, it is 18 US dollars or normally $20. I think it's absolutely worth the price tag. Um, you know, some people are going to finish this in a day and that's fine. I took my time with it. I, I finished it over three sittings and I really, really enjoyed this game a lot. And the way the game ends, um, leaves me hopeful that there will be more possibility of seeing more of this world. Um, I don't know if it would be with the same characters or whatnot. I don't know if like if this game gets enough hype that we could see like a a smaller a uh, bigger studio, you know, picking it up for a sequel or something like that. But there's definitely enough here for me personally where I would like to see a tougher battle system going forward and I would love to see more of the story. Is it, um it's a very endearing story. Is it flexible enough to like do challenge runs to make it harder or like if, is there like a way to avoid I, I, like, or anything? Like to I, I think that's like to kind of tailor know, it to you? I would say yes and no. I think for the average person who doesn't really like get too much into challenges and wants more of the game, 
to be able to provide that challenge. Not so much. But I think I think that's all going to be incumbent upon like the player's creativity, right? Okay. Um, that this is something I want to talk about a little bit later, actually, because that 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 would be in essence a good and smooth transition into one of the other things I've been really doing lately. But I don't want I want to give you guys a chance to talk first. That I feel like the each character has a five like a five five different moves that they can use and you build upon that over time like you do certain things you do certain side missions in order to open up having more moves like the the character will have three to four moves and if you do some of the side content which i did all of it you will get more moves essentially and you could limit you could self-impose limits on your characters to where they could use certain moves because not all of them okay. have great attacking moves and not all attacking moves are great to where you can make the game a little bit more difficult. But I honestly feel... I, I'm very, I very much feel like there would only be like two battles that would still provide a challenge at that point. Okay. Um, it just doesn't feel like a game that lends itself too heavily to combat it's more of a vessel for the story but i imagine if this game you know makes enough becomes popular enough it's within the realm of possibility that the creator uh daria would consider you know like putting a more challenging mode in there and i hope i hope that's the case because i i actually really enjoyed the combat a lot um there's a lot there's a lot of synergy between characters moves and stuff and you can do a lot of really cool things and in essence that made me feel overpowered um you know there's a character there's a character that grants you a bonus turn and basically how not to get too lost into the weeds but uh, to get into a, a little bit you have these dots so each character starts with like a base of three dots and that each move costs a certain amount of dots to make this as plain as possible. Okay. So to grant a bonus yeah. turn costs only two dots, two of three. Okay. And so, like, there, there, there are a few characters in there that can set up dealing more damage. So you would, in essence, grant a character, uh, use that, use that character to boost their stats, grant them a bonus turn, and then they attack Same with that turn, bonus yeah. damage before an enemy even has the chance to move. Yeah. And that, like, so if you were to, for example, eliminate the ability to grant a bonus turn, yes, there would be a little bit more of a challenge in there. Yeah. You know, it's it's interesting. I've seen similar takes on stuff like that. I mean, Final Fantasy XIII is kind of an active time version of that where you can bank charges as they come up. Similar with, like, Bravely default, and that—that's one of my favorite takes on that sort of bankable turns system. Uh, right. I've—I've I've seen some neat takes on it. It's—it's it's hard to not completely break that system, um, right. one way or the other. Um, mm. like make things way too easy or way too hard because oh, well they can bank turns, but then you can get yourself into spots where oh, I'd it's going to be like five turns of the enemy doing something because I, I overcommitted thinking I was going to kill somebody and now right. they're just going to... Anyway. Um, Stomp you. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Huh. No, the, 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 yeah, the system here, like, there's a ton of synergy. 
it's very, very, very forgiving. Like you get some really overpowered items in the game, uh, in terms of like uh, uh, consumables. And the way the the item system works is you can use them once per battle, but they don't ever disappear. Huh. And some of are really, really, really fucking powerful items. That's interesting. Uh, That's a neat system to actually incentivize actually using your items, which is something. Yeah. Yeah. Like, there's a base here for a really challenging game and a really fun yeah, uh, just combat tuned for focus. that challenge currently. Yeah, right. Huh. But as of right now, it's it's not predicated on it being a challenging experience. So yeah, um, and that can be fine too. There are plenty of like Final Fantasy VIII is one of the easiest games in the genre, and right. there's still a bunch of people who like it. I mean, yeah, interactively, people have you know, oh, it's so angsty, but. It got a lot of love at the time, and it's a pretty easy game. Um, mm. Right, exactly. Yeah, like, the, the difficulty's not required in this genre, no. I think. So. No, I mean, it's, it's nice. I, I, like, I like difficulty, um, but this is not what that experience is, and yeah. that's okay. That's okay. Actually, where I'm currently at with gaming... In some ways, I'm kind of thankful that it wasn't hmm. um, as as challenging per se. But I would have liked to spend more time in the world. That's like that's the only minor complaint I have. Just the story the the story is great. The world is so self actualized that hmm. I felt like six hours wasn't enough time in the world, and I wanted more time. So yeah, uh, no, that makes sense. Good yeah, problem to have. Right, exactly. Want to spend more time there, so I, I'm I'm very very pleased um, overall with my experience of using Kickstarter backing this game and um, everything that came of it. That playing the actual game met and exceeded some of my expe- expectations. So I, you know, I'll probably look into doing Kickstarter type stuff here in the near future. But my first experience with Kickstarter has been great, and the game itself was fantastic. So good. I, you know, this year I haven't been playing many games. I haven't been able to recommend many games. This is a time where I actually get to recommend a game and say, "Hey, if you guys are at all interested, if it sounds at all interesting to you, spend the money and take the time." I mean, the time is not really the big issue there. It's more the money, but it's absolutely worth it. So it was a fantastic game, and I'm super pleased with it. Cool. Yeah. Cool. Oh, yeah. Uh, I'm definitely looking forward to playing that one. That's yeah, it's 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 very much. I think you're gonna enjoy it a lot, and you'll probably tear into it in one to two nights, and then be like yeah. me, please. Oh yeah, yeah. Have to um, make some time for it. Yeah. What what's something that you've been playing recently, Josh? Um, actually, a lot. I kind of did a similar thing. Just you know, beginning of the year, played nearly nothing and then here here in the last couple months I've I've really picked up and like doubled the amount of games I'd played the entire rest of the year and why not yeah just because there's been a ton of stuff coming out there's a ton of stuff that I haven't gotten a chance to play yet because everything decided to come out at once um 
I still haven't touched that Resident Evil 4 remake. It looks really oh, good. Oh, I forgot that came out this it year. It looks really good. Like, there's nothing off-putting about it. I just, I don't have time to go through Resident Evil for the 400th time currently. Um, right. With everything else going on. So, need to get to that. Um, I guess I'll just start at the beginning. I think since we talked last... Cocoon, I think, is the first thing I played since we talked last. That uh, I don't, I don't know if you've seen anything about it. It's, it's from one I've of the. I've not seen a single thing. It's from one of the developers of uh, um, Limbo. And then, oh, uh, okay. Uh, Inside, okay. Um, who made a really atmospheric. Uh, sort of bio sci-fi puzzle game. Um, okay, where you're playing as this little like beetle man creature thing. Yeah, who carries around these orbs that each have a world in them that you're able to like then okay. put on pedestals and then go into those worlds. Mm. Um that by doing stuff in the world, you'll get different powers that'll let you do stuff with the orb that that world contains, or that, that contains that world. Um, which is really interesting. Um, I was a little worried at the beginning because it's such a weird high concept mechanic that they mm-hmm. really kind of hold your hand for the first big chunk of the game with you know, basically locking off absolutely everything in front and behind you, so you have a puzzle to solve at a time. Um, which, like, I saw the trailer for it, and like, okay, this looks like a really cool mechanic. I want to do neat stuff with it, mm. and it takes a while before they actually let you start really playing with the whole thing, which I think is for the best. But it it kind of, um, as a big fan of puzzle games as a genre it was a little right. frustrating for me but once I, once I, it finally uh, got going and they they felt safe to let you go free um it was really really cool um it's just a gorgeous game with like a sort of um not highly textured like almost like a flat art style but with mm. lots of really cool lighting and uh and shading to go with it to make it seem um i guess futuristic but um and also to get across the the geometry of what's going on because even though the textures aren't overly complex mm. you end up getting just some really involved like geometric patterns and shapes going on with the different technology of the on these different alien planets that you're kind of going through. Right. Um, it's just gorgeous. And it's kind of got a similar sort of extremely atmospheric soundtrack to go with it. Okay. Um, okay. Which, you know, kind of lines up with uh, that creator's previous efforts. Yeah. Yeah. And it's the same sort of um, wordless um, storytelling thing where they just show you 
what's happening the entire time mm. as you're going. Um, um, yeah, it's, it's really neat because you end up with like these different colored orbs by the end that each have their own powers based off of what's going on in the world um, mm. that let you do different things. And then um, also once you have more than one orb at your disposal, if you're carrying one and you go into another world, it's got this really cool nesting sort of a thing. Like, okay, how do I... <sighs> it's hard, hard to even explain it because it's just such, I mean, such, just, a, such a weird concept. But like, um, Even just looking at, at the, the some of the stills of the game, it looks like a very abstract game. So Yeah, like if, yeah. It's like if, it's, if, if words fail to describe, I can kind of understand that. It's, it's something I've really, I've really appreciated in games is the sort of spatial logic in, in a place that couldn't exist, in like in, mm. in, in our 3D space. I've always loved that sort of... Um, something that games have done for a long time like ever since like you know the the, the original lost woods in zelda were like okay this mm-hmm, this space mm-hmm. is not an actual space and i've got to learn what's going on with it that that concept of um i mean like even before that like original like old school text adventures would do stuff like that to throw off your like m- mapping of a space like go west go like in in you know, drawing out a map of the room. Mm. Um, there were a few games like the original, the original, original adventure that the entire genre is named after. Does stuff like this with a right. few a few places that are that don't follow the rules of our like spatial logic, um, right? And I've always enjoyed that sort of puzzle. And this is for sure. Fez has been one of your favorite games of all time. Yeah. Yeah, it's 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 nuts whenever somebody finds a new take on that sort of a concept that just mm. completely reframes how you think about things. Kind of kind of like Portal did. Like, okay, like I can connect any two points and, you know, how how will that change how I think about a space? Um, right, right. And 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 this really does that. And I just I on top of that, just the expert atmosphere based off of you know the history of the developer you you know Mm. you're in good hands there and it just being able to completely buy into a world helps i think to to really sell the entire package and i think this cocoon does just an absolutely outstanding job of that makes me wonder a little bit you know because there you know there are two main creators behind play dead who is the uh, old the old studio behind limbo and inside you know mm-hmm. where like who this who is, is like doing who is doing which you know like when they were like when they were creating those games and to see how they they not only kind of you know have separated and decided to make their own games but like how they have inspired other games by what they've done is always really fascinating yeah yeah that yeah that is interesting um that sort of like just division of 
the vision labor. of labor, I guess, yeah. would be the best way to put that. <laughs> yeah. <clears throat> but yeah, this like seeing seeing some of the screenshots of the game, it definitely is on my radar radar now, where it wasn't before. I hadn't even heard of this game until you mentioned it. I don't think. Yeah, yeah, it's on uh, it's on Game Pass. If you are curious about, I need that to get back on Game all. Pass. Um, the Game Pass has been really getting some mailing it. some some good gets on the indie scene this year. Um, I guess that's what happens when you buy every fucking studio. <laughs> well, I mean, these aren't even ones that they own. Like, yeah, that's yeah, not, not a huge fan of that, especially after. Yeah. Their, their nonsense stopping supporting third-party controllers and that bullshit doesn't bode well yeah. for what they're going to do with the rest of the fucking industry. But, yep. um, anyway. But, yeah, I mean, like, that's cool. I'm, I'm definitely going to have to try this out. I'll probably get resubscribed to Game Pass and, um... Because I, I have some free time right now, actually. Like right now would be better time than any to check out some of the games on Game Pass. I've been—it's kind of like Netflix, where I've been letting shit build up until I had some free time. So right now would probably yeah. be a good time. So I'll have yeah, to check I do, that I do game the out. Same thing. So mm, that's fair. Well, before you jump into more games, Josh, can we throw throw it to Ray's way? Yeah, yeah. Go really ahead. Quick, go ahead. Get him talking a little. He's been patiently sitting here, listening to us blather on. Ray, what have you been? We've been playing hey, lately. I've been happy to listen to you guys talk about games <laughs> because, frankly, my plague is that I don't play a lot at a time. Like I am one of these terrible people who comes on these podcasts and is like, "Oh, what do you have to play?" I'm like, one thing. It <laughs> That's been be, me all year, buddy. It may be old. But then this t- this time it's actually a couple things. So yay! Um, one thing I play from start to finish since the last time we've guys was since last we've talked is Final hmm. Fantasy 16. Okay, all right. It's another one on my list sitting over there unopened. Yeah. So you know, I I'm looking at my PlayStation Five and I can't help but look at it because it is this monolithic white thing. Uh-huh. Yep. It it has Ka- Kaito Kaida's white coat from Yu-Gi-Oh was the character. If you say that so. is a reference that I don't know. Yeah, it, it, I, I just look at it. It, it is you you can't help but notice it when okay. you, you look at it, you're like, holy shit, that's a PS5. True, 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 yes, true. Yes, yes. True. Um Final Fantasy 16 is maybe the culmination of what they've been doing lately in terms of changing what is Final Fantasy, mm. but then also keeping what is the same at the same time. Because let me tell you right now, I'm a huge fan of I'm a huge fan of Final Fantasy 15. Mm. I platinumed it. Oh wow. So you spent yeah. the 300 hours it takes to kill the one tortoise. Uh, no, I equip the bullshit regenerative armor. Oh, and then AFK'd. 
Yeah, I didn't AFK. I didn't AFK. No, I, I split the difference where I was actively doing it to cut the time in half. Um, Smart. No, so I platinum FF15. FF16 is the... Uh, it's maybe the... Um, again, the culmination of what they wanted to do with maybe what they shouldn't have wanted to do. Hmm. Okay. So when you look at Square Enix, and I I constantly look at Square Enix as this just because of the name Square Enix. Final Fantasy. Dragon Quest. Mm. Yeah. I always, you know, I look at Final Fantasy as where they now try to push the envelope of what an RPG can be, and Enix as where Dragon Quest is Dragon Quest. Yeah. Right. Final yeah Dra- Dragon what? Quest is pretty much like a known quantity at this point. You know what you're getting when you get those games. Kind of, kind of like a lot of JRPGs. But yeah, Final Fantasy, like especially, I don't know. I feel like Final Fantasy has always been like willing to take risks, and I always uh, appreciate that about Final Fantasy. I feel like since Final Fantasy somewhat ten, yeah. Final Fantasy ten. They have really kind of decided to like, oh, we're gonna sh- shake shit up. Yeah, yeah. There have been. I mean, fifteen like, is them salvaging. I mean, all F- the, all the different places they were planning on going with thirteen, then realized, nope. Um, so there's there's you know. NFF thirteen is I that, never. But... I never finished that game because it was deeply disappointing to me. 14, as an MMORPG fan, like as a yeah. wow. 14 is outstanding. That's the best thing they've probably ever made. But and, and But, you know, that's the thing with this, is that Yoshi P from 14 was in charge of 16. Yeah. And that is what gave Final Fantasy fans, like, everyone was just like, Holy shit! Is this is this mm-hmm. fucking happening? <laughs> mm. And then, in my opinion, like I get it in certain ways. And if if certain stories are true, where if Yoshi P had all the staff watch Game of Thrones, hmm. if, yeah. if if. If if that story is true, mm. I get exactly where this game was made. Mm. Right, right. I like it's interesting to me about Final Fantasy 16 is like I feel like I haven't heard enough about it this year. You know, like it came out, yeah, like people were excited, and then it just kind of fell off at literally everybody's radar. Which yeah. is a sh- actually actually a shame because there's so many things that like I look back on this game like I'm looking back days later on this game beating it it does so many things right and a couple things it does in Final Fantasy fashion where it may get left out of the conversation just because we're used to it where it's um sense of scale like if we think that's like FF7 and like just back to the PS1 where like shit was done on like a massive scale for the first time on like a 3D scale. 
Yeah. This FS16 continues that. The icon battles and stuff, they like this game gives us summon battles in Final Fantasy that feel like kaiju battles. Yeah. Which they they started to do that a little bit in the Final Fantasy VII remake, which is nice. That's cool that they've kind of progressed yeah. that a little. And, and you know what? I haven't played through the Seven remake, and now I want to because the thing. And I was actually saying this to Rich, um, in private, like last week. Um, as an older person, again, I'm old. When Seven came out in 1997, I was in my teens. It was still like a turn-based RPG. So, like when remake came out, and like I first experienced remake, I was like, "This is not the remake I want." Like the, so I sort of discounted it. So like sixteen has sort of recalibrated my expectations. Mm. Yeah. Yeah. So I, I almost yeah, the remake uh, is speaking of difficulty, since we were kinda of getting to that before, that that's another one that right off the bat is pretty easy just because the systems are actually they, they took a lot of the a lot of the good ideas from thirteen when they were making that active time system and 13 had plenty of good ideas yeah yeah exactly and and this is, seems to be taking a, a lot of the good stuff with that and then but then frankly just being able to move around instead of sitting there when you're waiting for those good ideas to happen helps a lot but also it's got to be fairly simple at the beginning otherwise people would never get it and it, it does really ramp up and kind of give you some really cool stuff with the combat as you yeah. go on it just it takes a little while to get there yeah no and i remember i remember like i switched it to turn based on the seven remake just because i was like i'm unwilling to like it's ff7 and shouldn't be active so like mm -hmm. i was a I was an asshole with the seven remake initially yeah mm. yeah i mean some of that makes sense ish i don't know it just it they they tried it's to been, split the difference. Yeah, yeah. They've done this a few times where they allow you to play the game in multiple ways, and some of them kind of take a little bit of the fun out of it. Like, 12 did this a lot. Um, and 12, 12, I never fully got all the way through. It's actually one of my shame pile games. Yeah, yeah, and it, it's a similar sort of a setup. Not the same as 13. It was That one, obviously... 12 pulled more from like MMO based combat at the time. I mean, um, it's also but, also being a Matsuno game, just 12, like yeah. 12, 16, like a little closer, like mm -hmm. like yeah. Matsuno, Matsuno influence. But like, what I just want to say about 16 is that 16 has so many good points and so many bad points. Hmm. The macro of FF16 is a fucking mess. The okay. overarching story is a mess. Like, I don't know. Like, you play through it, but you know what? The micro, what, what I put as a, the individual character stories, the side stories. Yeah. And that kind of makes sense, given everything going on there with the Yoshi P stuff like exactly in 14 so you have years and years to flesh out the backstory of stuff if you're forced into trying to get it all across in a single storyline 
probably was not as familiar with that. Um, yeah. It, especially and, given the more political intrigue sort of a world that this this is definitely pulling more from that side of the Final Fantasy family. Oh, for sure. And I just got to say the one thing that I do, and again, I think I brought up before, the one thing I do actually buy stock in trade in the uh, story is that he had the staff watch Game of Thrones. Yeah. That I was not the right call. I only watched ser- st- um, season <laughs> one of Game of Thrones. <laughs> yeah, I could I could tell he had the, he had the staff watch Game of Thrones. <laughs> yeah. Uh, <sighs> I feel like everyone learned the wrong lessons from Game of Thrones, and and frankly, even the right lessons aren't as good as everyone made them out to be. But I don't I know. Feel like That's me. Y- Yoshi P naturally has less fat fingers than Martin. <laughs> like, he has more ability to tell a story than Martin does. Yeah. and he I think that's just, maybe, like, like you're saying, maybe just different styles, different appeals. Like, I really like the Game of Thrones story up until, obviously, it surpasses the books, but that's that's all... Yeah, you no, know, I, I definitely preference. think there's something oh, cool I like there. Oh, the story. Like, no, the, again, it, it, like, yeah. yeah. Like, uh, it's not that the political intrigue stuff doesn't work. Like, my favorite Final Fantasy story before this was, like, the Evilist games how, and how they all tied together with, like, especially Vagrant Story. Dear Lord, there are so many names in that. Um, yeah. And how it all, like, that ties together Final Fantasy Tactics, similar sort of a thing. You you have to know 400 characters in order to understand what's going on in this story, and they're not going to tell. They're not going to hand feed you any of it. Um, I think that can work. And kind of like you were saying, I think what makes it work is when you've got a uh, a personal character-driven story at the heart of it that makes you want to care about why all these moving pieces are are doing what they're doing. And to your point, Josh, I gotta say, there's a huge part of this where the small character stuff actually does work. Mm -hmm. I feel like this is the best voice acting ever done in a Final Fantasy game. Okay. Like, Jill, Clive, Joshua, Byron, like all these characters, they nail it from hell till breakfast. Like these, the small character moments of this game are maybe better than what we've seen in several like Sony's AAA's games over the last couple of years. Hmm. Because it is Game of Thrones style. And then they're given this macro sense of like, oh, I'm in charge of a kingdom and shit like that. But yeah. then it is the inter-family relationships and it's done right. Okay. Yeah. I feel the like major the bar fi- has just gone so high on on good voice acting and character work in games, which oh, is listen, really listen impressive. To cl- Listen to Clive in FF16. Okay. Like, 
I can't remember the voice actor's name off the top of my head, but just, like, get some voice samples of, like, him at his, like, most dramatic, and you're like, okay, like, this isn't, this isn't anime bullshit. This isn't, like... <laughs> yeah. Like, this is, like, dr- this is actual dramatic reading, and you're gonna be actual, actually, like, oh, shit. <laughs> mm. That's dope. Yeah. How far into the game are you? Oh, I beat it. I hit credits. Oh, you did? Okay. All right. Okay. Yeah, no, so I hit that, and then I've since started um, Like a Dragon, Gaiden, the man who erased his name. Okay. That name. Yeah. Which, it, it, as formerly known as Yakuza in America, mm. also a very dramatic series. Right. This game is a uh, sort of a return to form from the turn-based style of Like a Dragon 7. So Yakuza Like a Dragon. Yes, mm. yeah, not not, cha- not the RPG RPG side of the family yeah, we, now. We we changed naming conventions. Yeah. Yeah. Like a Dragon Gaiden, the man who erases name comes with a demo of like a Dragon Infinite Wealth, which is a return to the JRPG setting. Okay. It's interesting that they're doing that to kind of telegraph, like, okay, th- that wasn't a one-off, which I think is well, a good good idea. Well, what they're doing they is the... they uh, people in with that, you know, change of formats. They brought new people, but it's also the, uh, uh, in Japan when they finally went from Rockman to calling it Mega Man in Japan. It's the same thing. Oh, right. Yeah. So, it, it, you know, in America, we always called it Yakuza, but they always called it like a dragon. Yeah. So now, now they are unifying it. Yeah. Um, it makes sense. Yeah. And I have not tried the... Um, demo yet i cannot wait though because like a dragon infinite wealth coming out in january has a full-on animal crossing setting yeah yeah huh wow they put two games into two games into this has been the problem with yakuza slash like a dragon for a while yeah yeah that makes sense like it they're they're it's not only like we're giving you Animal Crossing. It's a Hawaiian island. I like Hawaii. It did, that's a thing. We all have, especially in America and you in Japan, and like we have a real world analog. So it's like, oh, wait. Holy shit, this should be fun. Mm. Yeah. No, and so far, um, the man who erased his name is classic. Yakuza slash Like a Dragon. Yeah. Um, where it stars Kazuma Kiru, and I am beating whole hordes of people to death with bicycles. Of course, mm. like you do. Yeah, no, I mean, let's be honest. Like, you take a bicycle and you think about just the idea of you take a bicycle by the handlebars and the, and the seat and you swing it around in a circle. How many people can you hit with that? 
so Every. many people. Two at least. Yeah. I mean, it is a bicycle. Yes, two at least. And uh-huh. as I was about to say, everybody. <laughs> and it goes, yeah, it still works in that game, and it's still great, and it feels great. And it's still bullshit political intrigue. Like, these games have not changed since the PS2. And let's be honest, when we all got into them on the PS4 with Yakuza 0. Yeah. When anyone got into them, because the PS2 ones, no one paid attention. I have Yakuza 1 and 2 PS2 copies sitting on my shelf, sealed. I bought them after the fact. I never played them then. I, I have bought they been keeping the... those in stock? Like, Sorry, I, was, I just got distracted no, no. there. There are a few no, no. old PS2 games, PS1, PS2 games, that for some reason... Japanese companies have continued to print. Like, you can go buy new copies. Yakuza, no, but years ago, Persona 4, yes, I bought a sealed copy of on the PS2. Yeah, because I, like, recently, like a year or two ago, got, like, a factory-sealed copy of Chrono Cross because they, for some reason, were still either making them or had printed too many. I That's feel like dope. Square Enix doesn't actually usually make that mistake. Yeah, it doesn't seem like they would have printed too many. I like it has to be reprints. Like they're just continuing to keep it in stock. Of like you can still go buy their old games, which is weird. And Square Square frankly, Enix more doesn't companies need that. to do. Uh-huh. I agree with that. Sega, I feel like makes that mistake sometimes. Yakuza, they did not do it. Like, I have a copy of Yakuza where if you want to listen to Mark Hamill as Majima... Oh, yeah. ...on the PS2, where... I forgot... I had forgotten that he voiced Yeah, he's perfect. back, Back in the day. He's perfect for it. It's just, in the end, I don't want to hear English voices in my Yakuza games yeah. at this point. That makes sense for what they're trying to go for well and also the time i got in i the time i really got in was yakuza zero so it's just like okay no just not what you're used to yeah yes is he got me whereas and the funny thing is it's a still a sega property like you give me a persona game like give me the english voices yeah which is you know to with you know, with how the current Game Pass situation is, I have Persona 5 Tactica downloaded, ready to play as soon as I finish the man who erased his name. Mm. I also have that one downloaded, although it's not really top of the list currently, so... I, and Persona 5, for Persona in general for me is a problem, but like I still never finished Persona 5 Strikers just because I don't like Muso games, but other than yeah. that... Yeah, it seemed like that was a really cool idea. Like, if if you're going to have a Muso game, but I just, I don't like those games. Muso just... games have done so much to court me that have never worked. Like, I love mm. Gundam and I love Persona. It's like, all right, you, you've already had, like, five titles that are just like, here, here's a bunch of Gundams slashing each other and Persona people slashing each other, and I'm like, nah, I'm cool. Yeah. Yeah. It just, it just yeah. never worked. Not my thing. The, the whole 
that's not the power fantasy that I'm interested in. It's not that I'm immune to power fantasies, just that's not one that I particularly care about. Same here. And then just to top it off, the last game I've started playing recently, just in my off time where I don't have my normal shit ready, is I've started playing Breath of Fire 4 on the PlayStation 1. Okay. That's a good one. I haven't played that in forever. It's one of those games I've never beaten. Breath of Fire 3 is one of my favorite games ever. Yeah. It's just one of my uh, uh, pile of shame. Like, really, like, you never beat this. What the fuck is wrong with you? <laughs> you love other games in the series. And it was readily available. It's not, it's not like, like, you know, I look at other games like, you know, one of my favorite games ever is uh, Suikoden 2. Yeah. But I never fault myself for not beating Suiko Gaiden, the text adventure. Mm. Yeah. I have I have it translated on emulator, but I only got that in the last like couple of years, but it never came out here. So it's not like I'm like, oh, fuck you, you never beat it. Yeah, the whole <coughs> like. Fan mod translations is a thing that I was into in the 90s when it was a big deal, like, the only way to play any of these games. But then once they started, like, officially translating stuff, I, I kind of dropped off of that as well. Like, even though there are still a ton of other games that aren't getting localized, I just kind of fell out oh, of the scene. It's just got a, a, okay, you know what the most disgusting, not disgusting, as it, it's actually the best scene, which I've seen, is, um, GBA um, ROM hacks of Fire Emblem. Yeah. That team, Unity has made whole new games. Yeah. Whole new games. Yeah, they've kind of... that that. I think because the tech was similar enough to what they've been doing since the Super Nintendo, people were able to really jump on it and make some cool stuff. On the yeah, GBA like, specifically, it was kind of... Like, whole new narratives, whole new units, like, they make whole new games on those, like, and if you, yeah. if you if you have a local game shop by you, like, you can even buy the ROM hacks on cartridges. Oh, yeah, yeah, no, I, I own a few of those, um, like, yeah, translations I mean, and just, like, new games. Actually, speaking of it's one of the games, talking about Kickstarter, that it's, it's supposed to be releasing soon, but, uh, Good Boy Galaxy is a new, not out yet, but new Game Boy Advance game. Oh, we're seeing a ton of shit like that, that lately. Like, like it, it's uh, releasing on Game Boy Advance. Like, I backed the copy a, that's going to give me a Game Boy Advance copy of this game. You're going to get cool. a, a yeah. cartridge. An act, yes, a cartridge to play in my Game Boy Advance, which no, we're seeing is pretty that. awesome. And by the way, I just actually want to say I did get the... Um, survey recently and I reached it as well. Those of us who backed Ayudin Chronicle. Oh yeah. The, so Coden successor. Mm-hmm. We got the survey recently, so Okay. That that's coming soon. I picked PC because I frankly want to play it on my Steam Deck because Yeah. That gives me T V slash handheld access. Yeah that makes sense. without the limitations of a switch. 
Yeah. Mm. It, it, as much as I love my Switch, like it just seems weird sometimes where you see slowdowns. Like, really? It's like, yeah. It yeah, I'm really 2D. looking forward to that Switch 2 and, and finally having, you know, sort of Steam Deck parody on that. Oh, yeah. Yeah. I, I mean, can we even talk about, like, for a second, like, I'm an early adopter of the Steam Deck, as I know you are also, Josh. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't feel screwed over by the OLED coming out so soon, but god damn, ha- that OLED screen looks nice, and also the fifty per- 30 to 50% yeah. battery life increase. Some of that we're getting, because some of that is based off of their new code. I don't know if you've seen this, um, but... Oh, is it like their, a back yeah, end their, deal? Yeah, their, their code is more streamlined, and also with the way they're handling the frame rate to refresh rate conversion has been improved. So it's, it, sh- it should have significantly better um, latency on it um, just, just from updating your software to the version that came out already. Um, like, I guess, earlier this week, or, or okay, last that, week. That makes me feel a lot better, because just even when I saw, like, I saw, like, teardowns and mm-hmm. people unboxing and stuff, I was like, you know, th- there was that it, it, moment. Yeah. I, I don't normally feel like that person who feels duped, though, like, as, a, like, an early adopter. I feel like as a um, beta tester. Yeah. But for a hot second, I felt like that when I saw that. Yeah, there's a little bit of that, especially considering how much cheaper they made the version we just got. Um, with oh with, yeah, to, to get rid of their old stock. Um, I don't blame them for that though. But, but yeah. also, it also helps for them that um. So from what I understand, um, memory has gone way down in price, and RAM yeah. has gone way up. Mm. That sounds about so, right. Yeah. So they're actually sort of to, they're getting to like offset some of the cost. Like it, 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 they are really going off like market value and not customer value. I feel like. Yeah, that makes sense. <laughs> it's I'm having a hard time not spending seven hundred bucks on that uh, clear version. Yes, yeah, seriously, it's it looks such a gorgeous great. machine. With that, yeah. I, I'm I'm a sucker. Like that's one of the things that, frankly, like that smoky clear, like the the yeah. Switch Pro controllers is such a good look on there. I'm surprised they didn't just make a Switch that looked that pretty as well. Um, okay. like the whole okay, thing. Okay, so but did you did you have to control yourself when Analog released all those colors for the Analog Pocket? Yeah, because I had just bought one. Um, they look they look so pretty that. yeah they look so pretty they really do like and there's so many that like if if i had money to like burn mm-hmm. like i would have purchased ones just to put in like a case yeah i think the the thing that i want at this point is actually the the uh the n64 um console that they're making with you know like native Oh yeah, HD yeah. output and everything because. Oh, I was just talking about color wise. Like no, I, no, 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 no. I make sense because, but like, I don't, I don't need another analog pocket at this point. But you don't need one. I'm saying if you but wanted I, I one, would, to I would put in yeah. a case. <laughs> yeah, 
Like, they should have made that N64 one with the original, like, clear, like, crystal clear colors that the N64 had as options. Like, you could get a purple one or a green, I mean, blue or orange. Which, which N64 did you have? I had the jungle green. I had the Same. black one that came out with... Uh, so you had the OG? No, 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 no. This was... Um... Or was it? I can't remember. I'm trying to remember if I got a version once they started selling it with the expansion pack. Like, I had the jungle green that came with DK64. Shay, what did you have? Jungle green. Jungle green? Yeah, so with that yellow DK64 cart? Yep. Yep, that was the best one. That that like, okay, so yeah, totally off topic, <laughs> totally off topic. I'm not a huge N64 fan. Best N64 game to me, Star Fox 64. There are a bunch of games on there that are good. Like it, yeah. Frankly, the the original PS1 just didn't really have good enough load times to handle it played to its strengths like there are a bunch of better RPGs on there and whatnot because well, you it had put a, all the narrative all the additional content you want on those discs it had a no problem lady shooting but, a tyrannosaurus yes exactly but like none of it played particularly well because like the the read write speeds were so slow whereas the yeah. N64 for, and then, all, for all you hear about, oh my god, look how slow GoldenEye is running, you notice that because most of the rest of the time, all these games ran at 60 frames, just buttery smooth. Oh, so that's, that's why it stood out so bad, you know, so horribly Gold, bad whenever it started to chug. GoldenEye mm, was like but, the best multiplayer game, but then even on the flip side for what you're saying is that once they started getting games from the other side, like remember yeah. when they started getting like Tony Hawk on the oh, N64? Oh yeah, like Tony Hawk played so much better on N64. The uh, the Star Wars Pod Racer is unplayable on the PS1, but it is mm-hmm. so good on the N64. And yeah. on the N64 with Pod yeah. Racer, you oh, can yeah. use two controllers to play it like how you did in the arcade. Yes, right. yeah, like I, it just it's, I, it's so cool whenever the machine played to its strengths. Right. Which one thing yeah. one thing I gotta say is I think as good and great and groundbreaking of a game Goldeneye 007 was, I don't think that's the best best multiplayer game on the console. I honestly thought uh Was it was it Kesson? I had it like I'm probably gonna get a lot of flack for this. I think Conquer's Bad Fur Day objectively huh. was a better multiplayer game. It okay. had a bunch of really fun modes on it. Um, you know, the, like the, the, the reason, the reason why I didn't get as much, um, praise for the multiplayer, I think is because obviously at the time and even now is a very crass game and the, like the, yeah. the humor doesn't, the humor wasn't the greatest then it's, you know, it doesn't hold up at all now, yeah. but just the different game modes that they had were incredibly, incredibly fun. And, yeah. um, I, th- I think it just got overlooked. I will never follow you for Conquer because also Rare, Rare just in general, design and humor, they were never bad. 
were they at their best fair? Yes. Well, mm. especially back then, they were so far ahead of the tech game. I mean, that's, that's one of the reasons. For sure. I mean, the other option is also rare. I mean, rare. Yeah, that's true. Not, not to give them too much credit in terms of credit, like, ad, you know, yeah. to adulate. In terms mm. of Briti- British humor and video games, they really mm. are, like, the Monty Python of video game humor. Like, they are, like, the British stalwarts. Like, they are the ones that gave us... In the console action. space, yeah. That's which, which exactly is, point. Which... PC gaming took a while to catch on in the states just because the like the market yeah. but again the PC gaming was a much bigger scene in the UK so so much Ye- more yes of that you're, you're right. style is present in those you know 80s no, and 90s for, PC games but for rare and I even remember that one scene from Conquer where the the matrix scene. Oh yeah, oh, yeah, yeah. yeah. You're, ne- you're never gonna forget that scene. But that's huge. The fact is, yeah. like, I'm, I was even N64 person. <laughs> that's huge. Mm-hmm. For sure. That's a big scene. Like, you know, they took their humor, they applied it to that Walchowski perfection, yeah. really, and created something that, despite itself, worked. Right. Mm-hmm. Yeah. No, that that was a great game. But, um, yeah. Like before we get to more tangentially off topic, uh, Josh, do you have any more games that you're dying to talk about? I I have one other thing I want to talk about, but I kind of I wanted you guys to get your stuff out before I did that because mine is much older and more of a passion project than anything. Do you um, want to talk about Ram- Do you want to talk about Rampart? Yeah. No. <laughs> I don't know what that is, so. You don't know what Rampart is? Okay, so first of all, fuck you. Second of all, Josh, go on. <laughs> okay. I can accept that tangent. I can accept that. Good enough tangent. No, I, I, yeah. I have four more games, so however you want to split that up. Yeah, damn. Um... Uh, just... Go through them, I guess, because, like, again, mine is just really old as shit, and, again, passion project. Yeah, all right. I'm just going to keep going in order, then. Um, Okay. Spider-Man 2. Um, That's an indie, darling. Yeah, you know, small studio, you know. Hmm. Just Sony with their trying to pull you know, themselves up by them, boot, yeah, the, exactly. their bootstraps. Um, it's still Spider Man. Like it's it's the formula was not broken. They keep iterating on it. Mm. Like they did the same with Miles Morales. Frankly, I think Miles Morales was like a tighter story. Uh, they're doing an interesting thing here with both Spider-Man are the main character in this one and you can switch between them to like do different awesome. missions uh, some of them are you know Pete only and some of them are Miles only um, you know which makes sense for like story reasons and then you can switch between them mm. as wanted 
uh, for a lot of the others. Um, like most of the side missions are available for both of them. Right. Um, not all of them. Like they still have their own side stories, which is nice. Um, uh, a big addition on this one, unless I'm completely forgetting something, uh, and my brain is done, which happens occasionally. Watch, watch someone say they added this in an earlier one. But uh, parry in this game. You have an option to parry enemies for, like, um, it was only dodge before, which makes sense. My- Spider-Man, well-known for sensing things, getting out of the way. Parry, yep. odd choice. Um, yeah. When you said parry, I immediately thought parry the duck from uh, uh, oh, yes, yes. Phineas and Ferb. I was like... Huh? <laughs> yes. Interesting um, crossover. Yes. Um, it took me a while to be sold on it. Frankly, I'm still not completely sold on the way they actually implemented it. Um, right. Just from a, a UI standpoint, I think you probably okay. need to go into the accessibility settings and change the colors um, right. for things because this added an additional layer of stuff that you know, we didn't need. Um, mm. For example, the the dodge system always had a white attack coming in. It would turn red at the last second. If you dodged, then you'd get a perfect dodge, which would like charge your, you know, cooldowns a little faster, and sometimes mm-hmm. web certain enemies. You know, makes sense. Um, right. And then, I'm trying, you know, it's been so long, I wanted to go back and replay the other games beforehand, so I'd have the direct comparison, but, um, anyway, you'd have those, I think you could block before, you know what, I'm just, I'm completely talking up my ass, because it's been ages since I played these old games, but Mm. I know the parry is new, unless, again, my brain is done, which... Yeah, we need Rich here because Rich been, knows I, all yeah, that shit. Yeah, he, he he like pays attention to this shit and writes stuff down. But mm. anyway, point being, the parry, which I'm ninety nine percent sure is new, has a blue indicator showing mm. that this attack, um, not that that one's not sorry. Yellow, it, it, fucking hell, trying to keep all these colors straight is, is the problem. Uh, yellow, it has to be parried. Mm. You, can't, you can't dodge out of the way, and that, it makes sense in context. Like, if a yellow attack is coming in, it's usually something, like, AoE-based. Like, you couldn't dodge out of it, so you would need to interrupt the enemy. Like, they call it parry. It's really more of, like, an interrupt sort of a system. Like, it's always, you know, like, knock the enemy's attack out of the way. Mm. It doesn't, it's not so much, like, anyway. Naming conventions, they call it a parry because it functions like a parry in games. It doesn't really particularly look like a parry, like, if you were naming this from scratch without all those conventions in the way. Yellow attacks come in, you have to parry it, you can't dodge. Mm. But then, because of that, they wanted to have attacks... You have to dodge, like you can't parry these, and those are blue attacks. Okay. But you'll note the original indicator is white. 
So you see this coming in and just based off of the color. Blue mm. and white on a you know, screen, given our current technology, is about the same damn color. Um just given the brightness in any given scene. Um I I could see that like and it's kind of a problem. Wait, wait, like with a game that takes place largely outside outdoors. Yeah. I can yeah. see that possibly being an issue. Yeah, because in order... Anyway, but it kind of solves itself because you can read the animations and tell, oh, this is obviously a grab coming at me. Like, you can't really parry a grab. They're coming in to grab me. Me sticking my arm out and letting them grab it isn't going to do shit. So, like, it makes sense if you're just reading the animations, but I just feel like the UI work to get that information across isn't great. Um, Okay. Like, they could have used a different color. Like, green is right there. I know green generally means safe or or something like that, so there may have been other reasons, but, like, it doesn't read well. Sorry, complete tangent, just about UI work and its lack of legibility in this one case, but mm. again, you can get Actually, around it. Actually, it makes total, that makes total sense, though, because so many people are, like, red-green colorblind, so it's like, are there options for them? There are accessibility options to change the indicators. So it's, it's not like you're completely screwed, it's just the default for general purpose isn't okay, great, good. even if you're not colorblind. Um... Like, it barely gets the job done. Um, mm. That said, as far as that's anything a, that actually matters in the game, it's... That's it's, almost a scathing indictment, though. No, no, this is just... It's, it's, it's a thing that's bothered the shit out of me when it comes up, because I generally get hit by every attack that you, you know, can't parry the first couple times until I've learned, okay, all right, this is this one coming in, this is going to be a grab. Um, until I, I learn the that new kind of, animations, that kind of makes sense. I mean, that that tracks with a you know a lot of more modern video games, especially, and that's influenced by I think like Batman style video games or like the Souls esque oh, yeah. video. Yeah, this is as well. Yeah. Um, so it's first thing I talked about, not because it's super important, but because it's bothered the shit out of me. And like I'm again going back to difficulty that we've talked about some. I'm playing this on the mm. highest difficulty because I played the first two and. They feel great on that difficulty because they just, right. um, it doesn't turn everything to a bullet sponge. It makes the enemies super aggressive is how they handle difficulty on this, where mm. you're going to be having attacks coming in from everywhere and being able to like weave around everybody and use, cause you have such an expansive tool set in this game, all the different mm. gadgets, all the different abilities. It feels great to just style on 40 guys attacking you at the same time. Yeah. When they're actually attacking you at the same time, as opposed to playing at the lower difficulties where they all just kind of stare at you and take turns. Um, like, like that reminds me of like Assassin's Creed. Like when I used back when I used to play that, yeah. like you get like seven or eight enemies and they like, all right, now my turn. All right. Now yeah, my turn. Yeah. 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 It's, I think the game really shines on those higher difficulties because of the way it's implemented. Like, it just, it works really well. Although those UI situations would lead to me dying occasionally. And I, mm. like, dying because a UI doesn't feel great. Um, 
Yeah, and I, like I eventually just learn the tells. Like okay, I, like they have they have unique animations for all these things. It's not like a different attack is coming out each time from the exact mm. same pose. You can read it, and it's something you can learn. Um, it honestly, it felt a lot like. Um, similar sort of situation to uh, um, oh fuck what was it called from last year um, my brain is not Sifu from last year oh, it has, yeah, it has yeah, a similar yeah. sort of a UI but there's so much information in the animations that you, you really need to kind of learn those as well so you mm. know I mean there's 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 stuff in that game like in order to step over low sweeps and whatnot like it's it's a super involved game and this 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 feels like it's kind of taking it even more in that direction and I like that I like that for me what it's doing to the gameplay it's just they, they haven't hit the nail on the head on conveying some of that information mm. um, but anyway um the story feels a little messy from a we have two main characters how do we mm. pace this thing in order to have each of them have something going on and still you know tell the story how we want to um yeah that'd be kind of tough like i think about like for in terms of like the narrative and everything and for all of people's well well placed uh comments positively and negatively about the last of us two and some of them obviously which were bad at the time we're not going to talk about yeah the, the the positive about the last of us two having uh two deuteragonists mm -hmm. is essentially like it's a feature in the game whether or not it was implemented perfectly or not it was a cool idea and a cool feature and it made sense yeah having two good positive protagonists not deuteragonists has to be difficult to balance i would think just on paper it, yeah like and a lot of it works really well like flexibly kind of like i was saying when you're doing all the side stuff which is that's most of the point of playing this style of open world game is just swinging around the city uh you've got the web wings in this one so you can glide which is handled mostly well it's I don't think it's as much fun as just swinging, but it's, you know, fine. Um, but it's really fun when you're like, um, oh, there's a random crime report. Like, there's, someone's, uh, you know, got into a fight over here. You show up, and the other Spider-Man is already on the scene, and so, like, the two of you will fight them, to, you know, together, which is so much fun whenever stuff like that happens. Um, mm. there's also another faction that, um, Wraith, one of the other sort of semi-good guy characters, uh, in the series, has a grudge against, um, mm. and so every now and then she'll show up on the scene and we'll be fighting them whenever you're there, and it, it really adds to the world, um, having just, if having it feel like stuff's going on around you. Um, right, which is really cool, and also Wraith doesn't stand for all your shit half the time, and so, like, you finish these missions, like, 
side missions and like okay you can go give the other spider-man a high five or whatever or mm. you know do finger guns at each other um, right <laughs> that's like cool. like just you know the dorky stuff it's great yeah it gives you that option at the end of all the times wraith is there to help you with one of these fights and she leaves you hanging every single time <laughs> which is sweetheart. just such a good touch um mm. but i like that how far? So, how far into the game are you right now? I'm at. Are you I'm. I'm about to roll credits. Um, okay. I was close to the end until I got distracted by a couple other games that came out. Um, well, that and sharing time on the big TV, since the rest of the family has dibs on that at certain times. So. Of course, of course. Yeah. Which is the way to play it. This game is absolutely gorgeous. Um, mm. like just really showing off what the PS5 can do the opening like the entire opening act um, mm-hmm. is kind of you know um, this this um, Sandman is attacking and you have to go fight him and he is taken all the sand from like the different beaches there and is gigantic like skyscraper sized mm. and they are showing off the like loading and, and unloading like the memory handling that A the PS5 is extremely fast but then on top of that they're doing some just crazy stupid stuff in order to make it do what it does mm. in this opening section like having attacks that will throw you literally entirely across New York and having Damn. like full resolution buildings and everything that you are flying past in an entire city um, mm. in the space of like three seconds, um, which just really shows off what the machine can do in mm. an unbelievable way like that it's it's the sort of um every now and then a game just really does this like okay you you didn't think this was possible on the hardware or in games in general at this point and this this is that like it's the sort of thing that would have been a cutscene in every other game before this point um, mm. Like even some of the better looking games before now are able to get that sort of resolution by really locking off where you can go. And this is what the game's doing. Like the attack is only going to hit you in one spot. So they're able to load a corridor through the city is what they're doing. But mm. in practice, um, it feels amazing just being able That's to see dope. that. Um, they also used to have like a subway fast travel system you'd go from different subway stations in order to load Mm. in other spots the map just zooms in and becomes the real thing now that you just swing into and you can go like across the map as the camera zooms in it's loaded the entire thing which is Mm. nuts um um yeah yeah i it technically it's it's so impressive Right. someone actually use the PS5 to do what the PS5 can do. Um, and yeah, That's dope. 
it's it's funny like it's it's stupid like it's fun to swing around the city but i'm mm. happy whenever i've done enough quests in a different area to to unlock fast travel like okay i could fast travel all the way from uh coney island to harlem like just mm. instantly and the thing will just zoom all the way in and be able to load that in a second um, right just fun just for me that's imp- that's really impressive yeah, yeah from the technical standpoint yeah so yeah. um I'm trying to think of anything else going on with it um there's a lot going on kind of like i was saying story-wise like it, it's neat from a oh it's an open world there's a ton going on um sort of uh, storytelling wise I, I feel like they don't use it mm. to great effect a lot like frankly in Miles Morales the whole why you're the main character thing is because Pete's on vacation like you have the city to yourself it's your job to take care of the whole thing um, right. in that game It, it, I feel like there should have been more opportunities to have you each, oh, there's someone's attacking here, and someone else is attacking here on the other side of town. Like, you both have something to go do right now sort of things. Like, there are, you know, mm. multiple balls in the air that you have to keep track of, and I don't feel like they ever did anything with that, and it feels kind of like a missed opportunity. Like... That would be kind of cool. Like they they have each other on phone and they're like, "Hey, yeah, I'm like, on this I'm side doing of town, this. town taking care of this." You, you yeah, get over there and take. And and they it's not they do that, but in a like, oh, I'm I'm at school. You have to handle this one. Oh, I'm I've it's you know, I've got something with MJ. You've got to handle this thing for me. Um, it's but it's never like. I don't know. I, I I wanted to like have a mission where one of them's on this side of town, the other one's on the other side of town. Mm. Things are ostensibly happening at the same time, and there you have to swap between them, like and have something eventually converge. I don't know. It just it seems like an idea that has some merit to to it. I don't know. Mm. Maybe maybe I'm overthinking things, but I I kind of feel like that was a missed opportunity given. We have two Spider-Mans, like, kind of. Right, use them to their fullest potential kind of thing. Spider-Man 2. Too many Spider-Mans. Two Spider, two Man. There you go. I like that. Okay, well, I'm sure you'll want to talk a little bit more about it when you finish it and then when Rich is back because he'll have a lot more to say about it than my uninformed self. (laughs) Wait, but Rich will be back? Maybe. I hope. You can only hope. I can go dra- I can go drag him in front of a microphone. Yeah. yeah. Uh, try. F- 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 no, physically, I can. I- I'm close enough. You're like, hey, you motherfucker. <laughs> but are you strong enough? Oh, no, God, no. What, compared to Rich? Maybe. <laughs> <laughs> That's fair. <clears throat> Well, Josh, you said you had three other games you want to talk about. Yes. Would yes. you want to talk about? Would you want to talk about one more this week? And because we're going to be probably podcasting here in a few weeks, save the other two for the following time. Uh, or do you, are you itching to get them out now? 
definitely one more. Okay, because the show is running a little long. I yeah. figured it might be a good I'm idea. I'm just going to get one more, I think. Uh, okay. Because okay. two of the others are more, like, narrative-focused things that... Okay. Not, not even, but one of them's just fun gameplay sort of a thing, which okay. I think people need something to not... Not that the story's bad, but, you know, that's not the focus. Yeah, yeah, right. Um, Cobalt Core is... Yeah, you've been talking about this one with us privately. Oh, yeah. It's a deck-building roguelike, which I know a few of you instantly tuned out because that's been played the <laughs> fuck out. Um, yep. That's, you know, like a... Spaceship-based combat, which, again, has been done a lot. Um, that's pulling a bunch of things kind of from different stabs at the genre and mm. kind of refining them into something that's really, really cool. Um, mm. um, story is you're stuck in a time loop. You don't know why, which is the, the you know justification for why it's a roguelike why you're starting the same thing over and over again. Uh, there's probably going to be a narrative payoff to that at some point because every time you finish a run, you can unlock memories for the characters that you won the run with. Like, one of the three, you can remember something about how this all started. Um, which you know, is, Josh, I, I want to interject really yeah. quick. You use the word stabbing multiple times and finishing <laughs> multiple times. Yeah. And if you talk about roguelike um card games in this fashion i i have a feeling you're going to get more people interested i mean it is a staple of the genre lots of stabbing, stabbing lots and of, finishing yeah yeah mm. not, not i know it's working know for me that. right now. it's it's uh it's a shame but anyway um <laughs> uh <laughs> the the interesting thing here is it's mm. ship based combat you start with one ship and you'll eventually unlock five options for okay. for a ship that get more complicated as you go. Um, you start with three characters, and you'll keep unlocking characters that you can bring with. And okay. the um, kind of conceit here is that each character you bring with has a specialty and will um, have their own pool of cards that you can mm. gain, like the the starting ones that you uh, like the, the, the three that you start with are like the um the pilot, the uh the security officer and like the um engineer or whatever. Mm. So it's you know, a bunch of shield related cards, a bunch of movement related cards, and a bunch of Attack related cards, really straightforward stuff. Right. Uh, and then you unlock additional ones, such as a mercenary, which is attack, but generally stronger attacks, but with downsides. Um, like they're more okay. risky. Like m all their cards are heat based. Um, so you'll be able to, you know, mm. do an attack, but once you have too much heat, you're, you're, Hull will take damage. Oh. So kind of... Anyway. Um, Is that when the stabbing happens? Sorry. Sorry. It's, it's an audio podcast. It's, 
making yeah, eyes, yeah. eyes at the camera. It doesn't come across. Um, right. But, um, yeah, it, it leads to a lot of flexibility of what you want to do in a deck because since you're picking any of these three and then based off of also you have the ship, which they'll have different specialties um, as you go, such as... Um, Like, okay, this one has two cannons, and it switches between each of them every time you make an attack. Like, okay, you did an attack. You played a card with an attack. It's going to, you know, shoot one here. Your next attack is going to come out of your other cannon, which kind of leads to a lot of really unique strategies that you can do cool stuff with. Right. Which, well, you know, if you've already got that as an ability, maybe you want more attacking characters with you, so more of your cards are going to be doing direct damage and taking advantage of that. Um, mm. There's just a bunch of unique stuff like that. Um, like you eventually unlock, you know, uh, the drone specialist who sends... Uh, sorry, I'm, I'm getting ahead of myself. Um, the, 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 the combat in this game, like I was saying, is card-based. That kind of, you know, you have your general attacks, movement stuff, shields, um, mm. but it is like a lane based combat, um, where each section of your ship has, you know, like a square it takes up, um, on this grid that, you know, enemies on top, you're on the bottom. And mm -hmm. so you can move your ship left and right and any attack you do is going to go from the square your cannon is on straight up that lane. Um, okay. So, you, you know, the enemy's on their top part of the screen. You're on the bottom. Uh, there's also a middle lane, which is room for, like, asteroids and different um, hazards that are just in the, the part of space you're in. Sometimes mm -hmm. those will show up. Um, enemies can, like, launch missiles and stuff like that that will be in the middle lane for that part of the turn before they resolve at the end of your turn. Mm -hmm. Um, it's got a similar system to like, um, uh, into the breach with enemy intents, uh, yeah. which I mean, th that game kind of revolutionized what you can do tactically, which is why, you know, that ball was taken around with like slay the spire. You, you need that information in order to not feel like you're just getting killed for no reason. Mm. Um, it, it leads to a lot of really cool tactical situations. Um, but uh, that was almost a new tact, tact, tactical thing where like you're given all the info. It's like yeah, everything, like perfect information about what's going on in the next turn. Um, figure it out. Figure it out from here. Yeah, solve it. Solve it. Like if you're taking damage, it's because you fucked up. We we told I, I, you what I, was going to happen. Um, exactly. No, into into the breach is really probably what. That, it's, probably it's my favorite tactics game, just from a gameplay standpoint. Yeah, uh, I would actually probably count it as among Tetris as one of the most best games ever made. Oh yeah, like not objectively good. Like, what's your favorite game? Don't care what your favorite game is. Like, was mm. best as in? Oh yeah, yeah, no, yeah. Information conveyed. 
in yeah, it's, information it's, conveyed, like what's happening, like it's uh, it's up there. It's with so Tetris. solid. It's so solid, and yeah, abs- absolutely love Into the Breach. Um, this is you'll this hear is kinda... no argument from me. Oh yeah, yeah. This is we are big fans of that game on this podcast. Um, yes, we are. But um, you're given so much flexibility. This is the sort of thing like. Um, by having three crew members in order to not just, I mean, it kind of, Slay the Spire had the different characters with their own unique mechanics, like, mm-hmm. you know, uh, you know, the, the robot who would spawn orbs that would attack enemies based off of like, whether they were, currently active or get pushed to finally resolve based on how many orb slots you have, stuff like that. Um, that were like all their own unique sets of mechanics. And this kind of feels like a build your own class sort of a thing in practice because you've got three of them. Like, do I want to be a completely turtly just take all the hits, shield up through it and, and chip away at the enemy sort of a character? Do I want to blow stuff the hell up by picking all attackers? Do I want to Mm. dodge everything by having, you know, way more movement cards? Um, You're given so much flexibility. One one of the other cards you get later on is is a hacker um, who gives you a a lot of cards that move the enemy. Um, You, like, you're able to hack their ship and um, you'll have stuff to, like, disable their attacks or just move them, um, mm. which is really neat that you're given these sort of options. Um, and then kind of told you can tailor what sort of game plan you want around an idea. Like, all right, mm. I, w- I want to use these two type of cards together and then I'll get my damage from this other one or, or it's, it's, it's so flexible. Um, that you can probably make anything work if you really wanted to. But, like, obviously some things are going to go together better. Um, right. It's, it's, it is such a satisfying combat puzzle in this game. Mm. Um, and it's, it's not a super long run sort of a sort of a game you have three worlds that are all trying to eyeball off of memory like eight to ten fights like nodes on a on the map Mm -hmm. with you know like obviously a boss at the end so like whatever that is like 24 to 30 encounters in a given run not a super long thing um but you're able to iterate on those ideas like it doesn't feel like you know you had a dumb idea and you don't find out it's a dumb idea until way later which is something mm. that some of these games can really get into because the early game has to be easy enough for you to tailor your deck to actually do what it's supposed to do because right. none of them do anything well right out of the gate um 
this this is a, a short enough iteration time of starting out to the final build that you've gotten uh, that it doesn't feel like you're just wasting time. Um, you find out pretty quickly whether or not you've just made a dumb idea for a deck, um, mm. which is good. It's good. I, I, I'd, rather, I'd rather have my mistakes affect me not that long after I make them. That way you can right. actually learn from it instead of having something stupid come back and bite you an hour later, um, mm. which is something that really happens in this genre a lot. Mm-mm-mm. Um, right. It's 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 so good. This the uh, this has been my favorite deck builder. Period. At this point, I think I think it's just outstanding of a combat puzzle. Um, actually, just just before we started the podcast, I unlocked a new character that. Mm-hmm. Um. Seems to have not has gained some sort of arcane knowledge from being trapped in the time loop based off of where they were and like the time crystals or whatever they were by when this all happened Mm. and because the game starts out with like a really neat conceit of um like everybody is basically aware they're stuck in a time loop but not of everything, like they don't have perfect memory of everything going on, um, right? But this character, because of their, you know, the position they were in or whatever, mm-hmm. it seems like they're going to be like a mage character out of nowhere. Like this has been a tech-based game and whatnot, um, and this character has like arcane knowledge of the time crystals or whatever. Um, so I, I, I have no idea what this character's cards are going to be like once I finally get a chance to start a run with them, which is such a cool idea. Uh, I I know there's an one additional character past this that is just you know shown on the unlock screen. Um, mm. I still I still have a whole ship and another character to unlock at this point. Uh, and then plenty of other runs past that in order to actually finish the story because of the whole um gaining memories from completing a run sort of a thing mm-hmm. that, I, that I was mentioning mm-hmm. earlier on. Uh, like each character has three memories that I don't know how many of them you need to get to the ending. Maybe each of them has to gain, has to finish the run three times. So right. you, you have all three of the memories uh, in order to resolve the story. Mm-hmm. Is what it seems like offhand. I don't know if that's actually the case or what, but anyway, um, it's got four difficulty modes. On top of that, for kind of tuning it how you want, based mm-hmm. off of your desired experience for this sort of a game. Um, like the default easy or normal mode that you start on is easy enough for me to have finished the run, my first run, like actually mm. completed the thing, which is that's <clears throat> not a usual thing in this genre, um, which. I think is pretty accessible as a way to dip your toe in here if you're interested, which I think given the really just beautiful art style, it's sort of a, um, 
space plushies, I guess would be the the best way to describe the sort of general aesthetic. Mm. Like little little stuffed animals with, you know, oversized heads and whatnot. Like oh right. this one this one's a cute opossum, this one's a dinosaur or whatever. Like you're gonna pull some people in with that. Um Yeah. Who aren't definitely a specific kind of, of aesthetic. Genre. Yeah. Interesting. I, I I think it's a good. It's weird. It's weird because there's so much here that's super deep and really flexible and stuff that appeals to hardcore fans of the genre, like me. But mm. then it's also approachable because they don't just beat you over the head with difficulty right off the bat. Um, right. Yeah. I. I'm. I've been really impressed with this game. Um. And it's such a deep puzzle by having, you know, the lane-based combat going on, which is, it's excellent. It's absolutely excellent. Um, mm. It's been fun building completely broken shit every now and then. And Yeah, you like your games where you can break shit. Yeah, yeah. Like, most card games get to that point, but because these, you know, like I was saying is a like lower iteration count sort of a thing. It's it's a little easier to see, okay, these two cards go together in a broken way. If I can find a way to reliably be able to use this sort of a combo. Oh. I'll be in a I'll be able to do some fun stuff. Um Right. But then on top of that, like they they kind of show you that this is this is something we kind of talked about with inscription about how the game is about breaking it. Um, once you do your first run with the mercenary character, mm. you'll find mm. out, oh, they're just a hothead. They, You're able to challenge the shopkeep to a fight. And one of the funniest bits I've seen um, in a game is just the fight starting, and they're, they're this little like four-block-wide ship that just grows out like a couple, you know, like keeps growing additional cannons until they just fill the entire <laughs> screen. Like you, like you've made a horrible mistake. And then they send out like 40 points of damage, like in, in dual shots, like, you know, six damage, five damage, like the entire filling the entire screen. Like you've made a mistake, son. <laughs> like, why don't you Damn. go back and try this again? Um, right. And kind of showing you the, the the whole idea of like, yeah, we've not been pushing you that hard, but the game can get there if you want it, you know, if you want to treat it that way, which is right, really fun. Um, mm. Which That's again, dope. I liked. Like that was something we talked about with like Into the Breach. It's it's a really cool system but they didn't force you to be ultra hardcore with the thing. Like it had different difficulty modes. Um, right. And I think that's a, that's a fine option. It's a fine option to not force someone to, to, to play exactly how you think it should be like, mm. anyway. Oh, Oh yeah. That sounds like a fun game. I'm actually, because it has some similarities to Into the Breach, I am a little bit intrigued. Oh, yeah. 
No, I think you'd really like it. It's got um a very similar sort of There's a trap in into the breach of I have perfect information, I have to have a perfect solution to everything sort of mm. thing where sometimes you should take damage, sometimes that's the best solution to not put right. yourself in a stupid position later on. That this right. this game also does. It has a similar sort of man, I I could completely dodge out of the way of this, but I'm going to use all my dodge charges and then I'll be fucked if he pulls something out next turn that I I'm not prepared for. Mm. Um and being able to like kind of to know how to use your resources is such a cool puzzle um that's yeah, I, I i really i really like what they're doing here that's dope cool i might have to check that out is that one also on game pass uh it is not currently um at least last i looked let me open game pass and make sure Real quick, I do not. It was not on there at release, so I well, I was planning on buying it anyway. But okay, okay, gotcha. Oh, dope. All right, well, I'll go not, very. It seems that's a shit. I'll very quickly go over the other thing I've been doing. Um, Josh, you're kind of aware of what I've been doing. I I got sick over the past few weeks and. Basically, I would go to work and I'd come home and pretty much sleep. Or if I had something to do, like responsibility-wise, I'd go out and do that. Or I'd lay around on my couch just recovering. I shouldn't have really been going to work, but, you know, being American, mm-hmm. not wanting to use my sick days. It's, it's part of our culture, guys. But um, one, one of, there, there's a YouTuber that I've recently gotten into called JRose11. And I, I told you guys about this privately, but what J Rose does is basically he's going through a lot of the old Pokemon games. He chooses one Pokemon and he goes through the whole game playing only as that Pokemon. If that Pokemon dies, that's the um mm-hmm. not the it's not like a Nuzlocke uh, permadeath kind of thing, but he just he cannot use anything else. Okay. And I got my usual yearly hankering to play Shining Force One. So I played through it once, and I was like, okay, that was fun. I'm good. But as I was playing through my one playthrough that I usually do, I was also watching J-Rose do his runs. And I was like, you know, I've never like quite done anything like that with Shining Force. You know, I've played it so many times over the years, and I've done different things. Like I've done like centaurs only or magic users only kind of thing, but I had never done anything quite like that. So... I started trying to do different things. So I did a run where like every time I get a new character, I have to replace uh, the old, the longest tenured part party member. And okay. I did a run of that, which was tough, but it was fun as shit. Yeah. And then I, I, I started trying to do different runs. And then I was like, you know what? Why don't I try doing a solo run of the main character, which was okay. tough, but I did it. And then I was like, okay, why don't I start trying to do other characters? The unfortunate part about this game is there are no um, game mods to where you can start. select, start with like mm. one character because the way the game was programmed basically is um, like in order to access those characters, they are 
quote unquote tied to the levels or the part in the story. There's no way to yeah. like, as of now, nobody's figured out a way to decouple that essentially. So, okay. Excuse me. My workaround has been like right now I'm just using like the first characters you get in the game. So I'll leave the main character at the furthest most part from the map. There are certain levels that you can't get around that. You can't bypass that. So basically, the main character will act as a bullet sponge in that that situation. Can do nothing but take damage and or heal. There's no way to get around that. Um, It's an imperfect um, solution, but it works. So basically, um, I'm just using one main character. So I did one character... Um, I tried doing another character. It was fucking brutal. So I, I put that one on ice, and I'm currently using another character. And it's been, it's been fun. It's like it's really challenging. It's causing me to think about the game very differently, hmm. memorize like spacing and whatnot. But also like I'm, I'm trying to memorize like where certain items are, the quick, quickest way to beat levels. Because if I ever want to speed run this game, which uh, there are videos online on how to do. I will know how to do that much more quickly. Yeah. So I'm I'm learning kind of like the ins and outs of this game. I mean, you know, Ray earlier was talking about like shame pile stuff that he has on on his like for me, this being my favorite game of all time, there are a lot of things about this game that I still didn't know and I still don't know. And that mm. was quote unquote kind of shame for me of like, if this is my favorite game all of all time, why don't I know more about this game why haven't i done different things with this game so for me that's kind of what i've been doing just like doing all these different runs of my favorite game trying different things and it's completely breathed new life into the game and that's neat and i'm sure some people would be like well that that sounds fucking boring as shit and i totally get that it's not it's not for (laughs) everybody but for me you know because i love that world i love that game that i i'm really enjoying playing it in different ways um i really have enjoyed that a lot it's not gotten old to me because it's not something like i sit down and do daily it's something i do when i when i have free time i have nothing else going on or i just want to decompress i can get in and do that so it's it's been a lot of fun um i'm gonna keep going with it um i want to see if i can solo run with all 30 characters i don't think it's possible but i'm gonna do my absolute best and um I know it'd be like a very niche video series, but if I can get good enough at doing these these kinds of like solo runs and stuff, I would like to like film it and put it on YouTube doing yeah. all 30 characters. No, that'd be cool. That's neat. Yeah. But there are um, games I used to do like the self-imposed challenge things with. Like I, I used to always do that with Zelda games when they came out, like mm. do a no additional hearts run right. of those. I don't right. think those I've games done that really since... lend themselves to do additional challenges. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Especially like I mentioned before, like how much I love the hard mode of Breath of the Wild. Like I, th- I think that mm. absolutely makes a lot of mechanics shine. That's that's the sort right. of thing that I used to love doing myself with those the other games. Like force you to learn the combat at a, at a higher level, um, which is I think that's really I think fun. that's important that like. You know, a few years ago, we had talked about this on the podcast. I had self-imposed, like, every game I was going to play that year that I did play that year, I'd play in hard, hard mode. Yeah. I think it's good for us, like, 
to play vid- when we're playing video games. Of course, like there's certain games where you just want to enjoy it as is. Yeah. But sometimes it's good to like branch out and try new things. Yeah. Um, in games, and so th- this yeah. right now has kind of been like for me. I haven't been able to devote a lot of time and energy to video games, so when I have a free pocket time, I'm able to play this game. Like I, I've emulated it on my phone, and I'm comfortable saying that because I've bought this game probably eight yeah. different times on eight different mm-hmm. in eight different ways. So I'm okay yeah. saying. I have the Japanese version and like three English cartridge copies of this game, so I'm yeah. okay. Yeah, there are there are a few games like that, and I'm the same way. Like I I know I own at least a half a dozen copies of you know mm. Ocarina of Time and of Resident Evil Four and, and stuff like that. Like got every yeah. version that ever came out, sort of a situation right. like. So I'm, I am absolutely fine playing the emulated version. For, right. For, for example, for the longest time, um, like emulated was the best way to play Final Fantasy um, 5 and 6. Right, um, right, yeah. Because the translations weren't great originally on the original mm. runs, and then they made the PS1 versions that... <sighs> there were a couple puzzles tied to clock speed that just broke whenever they were played mm. on a higher clock speed machine right. Um, right where you just get stuck but mm. anyway yeah. yeah so this like this has portability for me so like i can play it like if i'm on the train and i've already like studied oh, yeah. my languages and i have nothing else to do instead of like mindlessly surfing now i can use that as kind of like quote-unquote training or trying new things in the game which is fun for me yeah. um so I've been enjoying my time with doing that so far. Um, we'll see how I'm able to progress with all 30 characters. I'll probably, over the next few months, give like very brief updates yeah. on how it's going. So that's cool. Yeah, I've I've enjoyed that. But that's pretty much it for for me for like what I've been doing for gaming. Like I I briefly I briefly uh, played the new update to Vampire Survivors, which adds a new level and a new character. Uh, same old Vampire Survivors, fun as fuck. I still pull that game out here and there to play it to get like one round in. Yeah. Um, yeah. That's that been fun. my mindless game for a while. I've not, mm. it's been a while since I played it. I haven't played the new character and level yet. Yeah. Like, like I will say this uh, that it adds a new weapon in the game. Okay. And the new weapon unlocks a specific ability. And if you're able to meet all the requirements, um, that new ability that it gives you is visually fucking beautiful and gorgeous and awesome (laughs) and so if you can tie that ability to the uh victory sword ability which i won't reveal that i'm trying to still be kind of spoiler free i don't know why but that and then of course uh you know you have the clock land set and um the upgraded version of that and then the uh the rings and uh laurel upgrade if you have all those running at the same time it's fucking amazing. It's so <laughs> much fun. So I highly recommend that, like, if you're into Vampire Survivors and you haven't played the, the new updated content, it's a good, like, hour of fun to sink into. So cool. Worth the time. Yeah. But I mean, that's it for me. I mean, you guys want to get out of here? It's been a long ass time. What that? What? We've been here for almost two and a half hours. Yeah. Trying to see what day it was. 
<laughs> yeah. yeah. I mean, what day it is for us is different for Shay. Yeah, it's Thanksgiving. I gotta go mm-hmm. fuck, fuck a turkey or something. That's what I heard. Is that the, yeah. what they do in Japan? Go, they, yeah, they, they fuck drive turkey. They go, they, they, <laughs> go to, they go to KFC and they fuck the colonel? I don't know. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Or they take it from the colonel. They're like, please, sir, may I have some more? And they're like, I'm like, why are you speaking in a British accent all of a sudden? <laughs> I think, no. Oh, so- my son. Hey, oh, they give, give a very offensive southern accent that mm-hmm. I'm going to try. Well, I do believe that that tight little Japanese ass of yours is a... <laughs> uh, there we go. <laughs> is about to taste my herbs and spices. <laughs> hey, there we go. My, my, fa- my famous bowl. Yeah. Now bend over and take all 11 <laughs> herbs and spices. That's right. And while you're doing that, make sure you eat a double down. The chicken sandwich with the bread is there? made of chicken patties. What's that? Do those still exist there? I thought I think no, they went away them. here. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, no, no. Okay. I'm just. Oh, well, I'm just I, added, adding. They were probably never there. legal in Japan. That was just. I, they were first legal <laughs> like the Philippines, I think. So that they were geographically closer. Hmm. Could That's be. True. Could be. I, I think uh, they live in herbs and spices. Uh, I think in the Philippines, Pizza Hut made like a pizza where like they made cups at the outside. They're like burgers filled with hot dogs. So, and when I'm done plummeting the depths you of your anus, immediately you can the put your mouth afterwards. Remember, taste the gravy. <laughs> okay, when I'm done. Plumbing the depths of your anus, I will taste your gravy. He's horrible. <laughs> <laughs> and if you don't like that, I will no, no, pull my no. penis out and butter your biscuits. Uh, hmm. That's that's how it makes hmm. it less worse. I'm yeah, sorry. No. The, hmm. Like the uh, the non-spoken quality to the first part. <laughs> <laughs> and it's... if it's early in the morning when you suck me off <laughs> instead of getting gravy you'll get a nice heap of coleslaw huh. mm. y- you're huh. you're gonna mm. you're gonna get hauled out of asia mm. you're gonna get hauled out of asia like you're, they're gonna they're mm. gonna chuck they're gonna chuck you back to montana yeah uh, like you, you go stay with my uncle who moved to Billings recently. That sucks. That place sucks. I, I mean, he he is a uh, he he worked for a um, private defense contractor all of his life after being in the Air Force. Okay. So like uh. he has, he has he, 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 no. It's not a great job. He was stuck in Morocco when nine eleven happened because he was busy selling missiles to a kingdom. <laughs> yeah, that sounds about right. Yeah. So, you should definitely but, dox him. Uh, I I don't even know how to dox him. <laughs> I don't even know how to, my, my 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 mother would get very angry at me. <laughs> would make Thanksgiving mother. a real real. Yeah, it make tomorrow awkward. awkward. <laughs> yeah, sort of a it's day like, tomorrow. And also, who would dox someone in Montana? Because like you know what else like, makes Thanksgiving. <laughs> No, like, who no one else makes Thanksgiving awkward. Mm-hmm. When you go home and your beautiful wife asked what you did for work that day, and you said, 
by God, honey, I can't remember how many Japanese anuses I was in. <laughs> Again, you're, you're telling on yourself. <laughs> well, I don't have a wife. I don't have a southern accent. It doesn't I... matter this way. Like, you give the nationality. Like, you're, you're giving a lot of information. Like, it's... Like, when... When people are trying to tell a story and they only give the one thing that is true, that that is the one thing. <laughs> well, you know what else? Okay, mm. God, I'm done. Mm. I'm done it, with that. It, it, you should be. <laughs> I can, I can yeah. see you guys are visibly getting bothered no, no, by the colonel. No, I'm, not, I'm not bothered. Go play basketball. Tell me more stories. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah, if this continues, I'm going to have a real hard time fucking that turkey tomorrow. <laughs> despite, <Yeah. laughs> the, despite the stomach, I break the wishbone inside of the turkey. How? You'll never know. With your dick. Excuse me, Josh. Why is there gravy inside of the turkey? By God, let me tell you. Because he wants it to mm. feel good. The kernel's it's, here. It's tingly. Mm. Mm. See, on that note, let's. Let's get out this of here. Is, this is why I keep the this is why I keep the dressing on the outside. It's called dressing, man. It's not stuffing. It's dressing. That's right. That's right. Well, you know, we we were pretty good up until the end. I was pretty good about keeping it PG for the most part. You were until... you were good, and then and then you not only drove it off the rails, you took a tank and. Rails were involved a second time, and it was yeah, yeah, like you're you're the reason, and the the reason reason is me. Yeah, we would yeah. Let's let's call my agent (laughs) question on that one. But anyways, let's get out of here. Uh, Thank you for listening to our gaming talk. Thank you to Josh and Ray for being here, um, both for listening to my rambling and also to uh, talk games with me. I appreciate both of them. And uh, before we get out of here, um, I want to say a special thank you to our, our remaining patrons, Clark, Mr. Sandwich, Bernadette, and James. Thank you guys for always supporting us. Uh, means a lot to us. And we want to say thank you to each and every one of you for listening. Um, we hope you have good holidays, however you may celebrate with your friends, family, yourself, um, whatever the case may be. And uh, last but not least, I want to thank uh, Rich for not being here. Um, probably would have ruined the show. Uh, thank you so much for that. Rich. He, he just—he just, We would have talked about F one and how Lewis Hamilton's in Fortnite now, and that's actual gaming news with F one. So. Yeah. Yeah, I'm, thank so- God. I, I, I'm sorry for providing that. Yeah, I know we've thanks. been talking about fucking turkeys, but that was just distasteful. Yeah, come on. <laughs> I did a very, very, very nice, you know kind, you know, generous so- impression of the colonel, and you have to go and weigh it down with your F1 talk. I, I'm sorry. I, I, I'm going to kill myself. Well, let's not let's not go that far. No, the colonel likes his anus is warm. <sighs> all right well thank you guys uh happy holidays and we will be back in a few weeks take care
that's going to be my new bit is uh, the colonel. The colonel. Hey, hey, hey.